sun comes up Driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Hey friends, this is Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries, and we've got an awesome program for you. I know you're going to enjoy it today, and you're going to want to get more copies of this, so give us a call, 618-383-2107, or log on to lonesomeroad.org, or you can email me at gary.lonesomeroad at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Now sit back. Listen and enjoy today's program from Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road. Give us a call. We look forward to hearing from you. I keep those wheels to turn in from town to town. There's so much I got to see. I got to look around. I got diesel smoke rolling. From two chrome stacks, my address is 408 414. A big blue Mac. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. I have the white line fever to the day that I die. I said 18 wheels rolling on the road, it is my life. 18 wheels rolling on the road, it is my friends the road is our life and we have a program today that is one of the most powerful messages you're ever going to hear this is james Payne, and it's from our threefold chord conference that we had right here at lonesome road ministries in 2021 so buckle up hang on because here comes james Payne. i don't ever do this but i feel at home here this morning or tonight and uh New Year's Eve, I was at a church, and they put the cross on the screen, and they left it there for about 30 minutes. And I wrote the verse and the chorus to this song while they had that cross on the screen. And I don't have the backup vocals on it. I don't have it mixed, but I've got a track to it. And just before I preach a little bit, and you're really going to like the message. I'm not going to preach long. I'm going to preach about, I don't know, an hour or two. Uh, no. Uh, tomorrow evening or tomorrow at noon, we're going to dedicate this building. And, and I'm believing that what happened when Solomon dedicated the temple is going to happen here, that healings are going to take place and miracles are going to happen and the power of God's coming in this house. I'm believing that. Uh, I don't know if this is the track. I don't know. But I just feel by the Holy Ghost I'm supposed to sing this song. I don't know why. But we're going to give it a whirl. I don't have the word. To explain amazing grace I can't tell you why I can't Come and take your place Why he would give his life For a debt I could not pay I don't have the answers But hear me when I say Oh 
says he can reach down far than we could ever fall. It says mercy will come running the minute that we call. So if the question is, does he really care? The cross says it all. I don't understand why Jesus had to die why someone so good would become the sacrifice and I can't comprehend that I was worth the price but this one thing I know he died to give me Cause the cross says it all It says he can reach down farther Than we could ever fall It says mercy will come running The minute that we call So if the question is does he really care? The cross says it all. There are some things I may never understand, but my faith I trust in those nails God hands. Cause the cross says says he can reach down farther than we could ever fall. It says mercy will come running the minute that we call. If the question is, does he really care? The cross says it all. If the question is, does he really care? The cross, oh, the cross, says it all. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to tell you a quick story. How many of you have been through some things? I want to dedicate this message to those that are here, those who are watching by streaming on your smart device, those that will hear this message somewhere rolling down the road in a truck or a car. I want to dedicate this message to those of you that feel like you've been overlooked, those who feel like you've been passed over, those who feel like you've been unappreciated and and you've been under-appraised, uh, and where people have taken you for granted. Uh, uh, a few years back, now, it's important that, that I explain some things to you here. Uh, a few years back, I was going through some things. My wife uh, suffered with cancer for four years, and we prayed, and we fasted, and we did everything that we could to keep her alive, but it was God's decision that she go to heaven. He told me that her mission was complete and mine was not. For the first time in all my Christian experience, I disagreed with God, and I told the Lord I disagreed with him. And I had some revivals scheduled 10 days after her memorial service, I was back on an airplane going to preach a crusade. I would preach and go back to the hotel and cry myself to sleep at night. I was on the, the airplane coming back from a crusade. I started to reach and get my Bible, but I didn't even feel like reading my Bible. Have you ever been there where you just didn't feel like reading your Bible? 
And that's where I was. I didn't know that after I completed these meetings, if I'd ever preach again, I didn't know what was going to happen in my life, what was going to take place. All my life, I've been a chess player. And uh, how many chess players do we have in the service tonight? You play chess or you try to play. That may be a better dis- description of, of, of my playing, but, but I enjoy it. And I was on the plane, and, and I was playing chess. The object of chess is to capture the king. When you capture the king, on my computer, you push a button that says checkmate. And I did that, and when I pushed that button that said checkmate, my computer said these words, the king still has one more move. Mm. It was at that moment I turned my computer off and I went back in that little bathroom on the plane and I almost kicked the door off shouting, knowing that this was not the end of my ministry. This was not the end of the best part of my life that God had not finished with me, that God still had some things he was going to do, and that the king still had one more move. Somebody ought to praise him tonight. Somebody ought to lift him up. You know, this game of chess was created in the 15th century. There's 64 squares on this board. I don't have time to explain to you how to play this game, but I do have just a moment to explain to you the, the players. These uh, front eight here are called pawns. If you think that they're the weakest ones on the board, you'll be proven wrong before the game's over. Sometimes the difference in losing and winning is a pawn. Now, if you think you're insignificant to what God's doing and everybody else that's in the spotlight is more important to you, then you're going to find out that's not true. When God called you, you had something nobody else had. You possessed something that nobody else possessed. God was going to do something through you that that had not been done through anybody else. I was a hopeless drunken drug addict. I'd never done one good thing, but Jesus called me, and he put a song in my heart, and he put a preach in my life. Come on, and God has something for you. You're not just here at this meeting by accident. You're here because the king has one more move in your life. Your life is not over. The best days are not behind you. God still has something he wants to do in your life. Let me explain these back. This this is the castle where the king lives. This was used to teach military strategy to kings and generals and to military people. That's what this game is all about. This is a knight. It represents the military. This is a bishop, and it represents the religious order. This is how a kingdom functions. A kingdom has to have warriors. A kingdom has to have bishops, people that are in spiritual authority. Come on. And then this is the queen, and she's the one that runs the castle. Something about a king, a king has more moves in a chess game than any other piece on the board. And as a matter of fact, as a chess player, I don't know about you chess players, but when I lose my queen, I lose my heart. I believe the queen represents the church. I believe Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, I want to tell you something about chess game, and this is a proven fact. The closer you get to the end of the game, the more active the king becomes. That's important because we're at the end of the game in this earth. We're at the end of this time. Jesus is getting ready to come, and the king's about to get more active in the church than he's ever been in the history of the world. Somebody ought to say amen. Jesus is about to get active in the church and world like he's never been active before. This is the end of the game. Now I want to read my text. I can preach real good without one, but I want to read one. Psalms 24, beginning in verse 7. It said, lift up your head, O your gates, and be lift up you everlasting doors, and the king of glory will come in. 
If you lift him up, he'll come in. If you praise him and make a way for him, he'll come in. I don't care what your situation looks like. If you'll make a way for him, he'll come in. And when he comes in, he'll change things. Who is this king of glory? Jehovah, strong and mighty. Jehovah, mighty in battle. The original translation said, the one who has never lost a battle. Let's read on. Lift up your head, O ye gates. Be ye lift up, you everlasting doors, and the king of glory will come in. Who is this king of glory? Jehovah of hosts. He is the king of glory. The original says, the one who directs the armies of God is coming in who's never lost a battle. Hallelujah. Jesus is the greatest phenomenon that ever crossed the threshold of civilization. He is the loftiest ideal in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's strength to the weak. He's a doorway to deliverance. He's a way maker. He's a roadway to righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway to glory. He heals the sick. He forgives the sinner. He delivers the captives. No barrier can prevent his blessing and no force can stop his favor. I'm talking about this king of glory. You need to hear what I'm saying. I'm talking about this king of glory. He was Abel's sacrifice. He was Noah's rainbow. He was Abraham's ram. He was Isaac's inheritance. He was Jacob's well. He was Moses' rod. He was Joshua's uh, ally. He was David's sling. He was Samuel's horn. He was Elijah's mantle. He was David's lion. He was uh, the fourth man in the Hebrew children's fire. He was Israel's hope. He was salvation's captive. He's the church's cornerstone. He's the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star, the promise keeper, the miracle worker, the chain breaker. Somebody ought to praise this king of glory. Hallelujah. This king still has one more move. I said this king still has one more move. If you think this king is finished with America, you're wrong. America has preached the gospel around the world. America has sent missionaries to foreign soil. America has fed the hungry. America has clothed the naked. Oh, we got our problems. Oh, we got our sin. We got our crooked politicians. But let me tell you something. We got men and women of God that are in the pulpits of America preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. We got intercessors in the closet. We got believers praising God. We are not finished. America is not through. Let the enemies come. We allied with Israel and when we ally with Israel, we cannot be defeated. We cannot be defeated. Jehovah is alive. Jehovah is on the throne. Jehovah is in America. Jehovah Let me tell you why you're not finished with this church. He said in Matthew chapter 16, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The Amplified Bible said upon this rock of revelation of who I am, I will establish my church and it will be and no uh, devil will be strong to its detriment or be able to hold out against it. Ladies and gentlemen we're about to see a revival in God's church. We're about to see a revival in God's house. We're about to see God's people all through. We're about to see God's people feel one more time with the Holy Ghost like Acts chapter 2 that turned Jerusalem upside down and inside out. The Holy Ghost that opened prison doors for Peter to get out. I'm talking about God is not through with America. God is not through with the church and God's not through with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me, let me take you back to the first book of the Bible. Here's man and woman. God created them to have fellowship. He planted a garden and he put them in that garden. And here come the devil. And he came to the woman and he said, why don't you eat of that tree? She said, God said we shouldn't eat of that tree. You remember the story. But she ate of the tree. And then she gave to the man. Do you know why the man ate from the fruit? Because the man knew that if he didn't eat, the judgment was going to come on his wife. So he ate, so God had to come through him to get to his wife. 
God didn't go to Eve. He came to Adam. Stay with me. Stay with me. Why did Jesus partake of sin? Because you and I had sinned. And if Jesus doesn't come and partake of sin and become sin, God's going to have to judge us. But now God can't judge us because to judge us, he's got to come through Jesus. Oh, I can't get no help in here. Come on. I said I can't get no help in here. Come on. That's why when you're born again, when you're born again, the power of God comes on you and, and the devil tries to judge you and judgment tries to come on you, but it's got to come through Jesus. It's got to come through this unconquerable captain. It's got to come through this one who, who orders the host of heaven. And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, we need to be delivered from this judgment mentality that we are under judgment. Let me tell you something. If you're born by the blood of Jesus Christ, you're not under the judgment of God. Hallelujah. You're under the grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus. Christ. I don't care how you failed. I don't care how you've blown it. The blood of Jesus cleanses you and God still has something for you to do. The devil walked in that garden and he caused man to sin and he said, checkmate. But the king still had one more move. Man's sin didn't take God by surprise. Because the Bible said before the foundation of the world, a lamb was slain. God raises up a man by the name of Abraham. Tells him he's going to give him a son. Years go by. Sarah, his wife, gives Abraham her handmaid. And he creates Ishmael. And the devil says, you're not going to have a nation? Checkmate. But God... The king still had one more move. A 99-year-old man went to bed one night with an 89-year-old woman. He don't have any seed and she don't have the ability to have any seed. But somewhere in the middle of the night, the king had one more move. Oh my God, church. Oh, hallelujah. I said hallelujah. The king had one more move. God gave the promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We come to Jacob. It can't be passed to Jacob because he's a cheater. He's a thief. He's a conniver. The devil says to God, your plan has failed. Jacob will never carry the blessing. He'll never be part of the covenant. But one night as Jacob slept, God walked down a ladder from heaven and got him in a headlock. Hallelujah. And wrestled with him all night long. Knocked his hip out of joint so he had to limp the rest of his life. Why? The king still had one more move. That son or daughter that you prayed over, that you dedicated to God, oh, and they went out in the world. Oh, get ready. God's about to get them in a headlock. God's about to bring them back. God's got a purpose for them. God heard your prayer, mama. God heard your prayer, daddy. He's not good. They're not going to lose out. God has not finished. The king still has one more move. Oh, I didn't mean to preach like this tonight. Out of Jacob comes Joseph. Joseph ends up in a pit. His brothers thought it was the end of him. But the king had one more move. Took him to Potiphar's house and he was lied on. But the king had one more move. Put him in prison for 13 years. Forgot about him. But the king had one more move. Joseph's a prime minister of Egypt. Why? God's children are going to end up in Egypt. God's got to get them in Egypt so he can deliver them out of Egypt. Why? They're symbolic of the church. They're symbolic of Jesus coming and delivering us out of Egypt, out of the world, into the kingdom. Come on. And then God raises up a man on the backside of the desert, 80 years old. A bush burns and Moses is told by God, take off his shoes 
Because the ground that you're standing on is holy. He's got a crooked stick and a, and a speech impediment. But God is going to use him to deliver a nation out of the hands of the strongest king that ever lived. I don't know what's got you bound. I don't know what's got a hold of you. I don't know what the devil's put on you. But I got news for you tonight. There's a deliverer coming. There's a deliverer coming. And he'll break the powers on your life and set you free and deliver you out. Plague after plague after plague on Pharaoh until Pharaoh says, get out of my country. They left Egypt on the 14th day. On the 17th night, they get to the Red Sea and Pharaoh and all of his chariots are in hot pursuit. And it looks like the end of Israel. It looks like the end of Moses. It looks like the end of God's children. There's a Red Sea in front of them and an angry, well-armed king behind them. But guess what? The king still had one more move. Stretch out that crooked stick over that sea. And God parted that sea three and a half miles wide. Dried up the mud and told the catfish to behave. Come on. I'm talking about God. I'm talking about the God you and I serve. He's the same God that brought Israel out of Egypt. He's the same God that parted the Red Sea. He's the same God that rained down manna out of heaven. He's the same God that caused water to come up out of a rock. Oh, you don't believe that? If you believe that, you'd be shouting right now. You don't believe that. The devil's lied to you and you believed his lies until you're just dead. Everybody's writing the church off. Pastor said, our people ain't coming back. They'll come back. If you quit every time you had an opportunity, you'd been quit a long time ago. You follow Israel. You follow them. I wish I had time to talk about everything God did. I wish I had time to tell you about how the devil continually tried to stop God's plan. When Jesus was born, the king wanted to kill all the babies. You know that same spirit's in the earth today? The devil wants to kill the prophets, the preachers, the evangelists, the missionaries in the womb of the mother because he's afraid when they come forth, they're going to change the world. Come on, talk to me. Well, Brother Payne, I'm going to tell you, God don't wait till you're born. God spoke to Jeremiah in his mother's womb. John received the Holy Ghost in his mother's womb. God don't wait till the child's born. God had a purpose for you before you ever came out of your mother's womb. God had a purpose for you. Come on, your, your grandma, I don't know you, but I see in the spirit your grandma used to sit on the porch with you and rock you and prophesy over you. Amen, I see that by the spirit of God. Listen, the devil didn't plan for that to happen. God didn't plan for you to be, or the devil didn't plan for you to be here tonight. Brother Gary, he didn't plan for you to have this building. He wanted you to be under the control of some church, amen, to tell you can do this and you can't do that. But you see, God had a different plan. The king still had one more move. I said, the king still had one more move. Hallelujah. Let's, let's come to the New Testament now. Jesus, they tried to kill him in his mother's womb. But God sent wise men with gold frankincense and myrrh said go down there to Egypt stay down there amen had enough gold to go into Egypt and live then he come up out of Egypt 12 years old he's lost in the temple his mom and daddy traveled three days and didn't know he was gone boy that ain't neither one of my boys I raised two boys you know they gone amen <laughs> hallelujah matter of fact when they got when they got grown and married, I put a, I took up the welcome mat out on my porch, put one out there called, and it said, go away. Amen. <laughs> we burnt their bed. We told them, don't ever come back. You know. And I raised one good boy, and I raised one that was like Rosemary's baby. I'm telling you, it's hard to believe you take, you know, take them to the same church, pray with them, and one turns out great, and the other one just, just gives you all kind of headache. But God's got children just like that. Some of y'all here tonight. Some of y'all here tonight, bless your heart, but God still loves you. I love you. God still wants to use you. One of these days, you're going to submit to God, and things are going to turn around in your life. And all of us will be glad when you do, because we're tired of the way you are now. I wish I had time to tell you about David, how, how David's, you know, 
Jesus was going to come out of the loins of David. Saul tried to kill David all, I mean, all the way through. Wish I had time to tell you about the Hebrew children, their plan, Daniel's plan. The, the lion's going to kill Daniel and the fire's going to burn up the Hebrew children. But the king still had one more move. Amen. Jesus chose 12 people. One of them was a devil. He's the one that handled the money. He's still around today. He's in every church in America. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I said the devil always counts the offering. The devil always likes to get on the church board so they can tell the pastor how to spend the money. They're never around when you're raising it, but they can tell you how to spend it. They go to the bathroom when the offering's taken, but they can tell you how to spend it. Don't get me on this. Don't get me on this. Judas is the one assigned to get Jesus into court, condemn him for Calvary. And the story says that they crucified Jesus, that they nailed his hands to the cross, his feet to the cross, put a crown of thorns upon his head, and beat his back with 39 stripes. Six hours on the cross, he lifted up his head. Eli, Eli, Allah Sabah. My father, why have thou forsaken me? It is finished. Joseph of Armatia takes his body. John 19, 41 said he was crucified in a garden. Why? Because man sinned in a garden. He was buried in a garden. Why? He was a seed. That's where you put a seed in a garden. Galatians 3.16 said he was a seed. And we're the seed of Abraham because of Christ. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. Every promise God made to Abraham, he made to you and I. They put him in the tomb. The devil assigned the strongest forces of hell. The king rolled a rock in front of the tomb put a ribbon across the top and one across the bottom, put clay on each end of the ribbon, put the king's seal in the clay, change the soldiers every three hours to ensure that he stayed there because he said, I'm going to rise again. In hell, there was a party. The devil said to God, checkmate, I've killed your son. He's in the tomb, it's over. Help me preach here now. I said, help me preach here. The tomb is sealed. The strongest demons are around the tomb here. In paradise, there's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Ezekiel, Jeremiah. They're being held prisoner in paradise. They can't go to heaven because the way into heaven's not yet been made. The blood's not yet been shed. So they've been held captive in paradise. And Abraham was waiting. He said before he died, I'm waiting for that builder of the city. Hallelujah. I'm waiting for the builder of that city. Oh, David was waiting on for the one that directed the stone in his sling. David was in paradise waiting. Elijah was in paradise waiting for the manifestation of Jesus Christ and hell is having a party and the devil comes to the tomb on the first morning and he said, how's things going? And the demons of hell said, everything's okay. Nothing happened in the night. So they go back in hell and they're partying. On the second day, the demons come back to the tomb and said, how's everything going? The demon said, it's all right. He's still there. Oh, but ladies and gentlemen, the Bible said when the devil showed up on the third day, when the devil showed up on the third day, the stone was rolled back. The grave clothes were folded and Jesus was gone. Hallelujah. Why? Because the king still had one more move. I said the king still had one more move. Now, we've got the politicians preachers and professors standing behind podiums and pulpits loading up their intellectual evolutionary 
situation at the six guns and shooting at the church and shooting at the Bible and declaring God is dead and the days of revival are over. In fact, the devil is trying once again to enforce his will on God's church and the world. And he is declaring in the quarters of hell, checkmate. He's forgotten the one that Ephesians 4 said, not only ascended but first descended in the lower parts of the earth while hell was having a party Jesus walked in and took the keys of death hell and the grave out of the devil's hands I said he walked in and took the keys of death hell and the grave out of the devil's hands and he ascended back to the father he put the blood on the mercy seat I said he put the blood on the mercy seat he took the key unlocked paradise and Abraham Isaac and Jacob David Ezekiel and Daniel that the Hebrew children and those that were born again walked out of paradise and stopped in Jerusalem long enough for people to see them and then ascended to the heavenly father and one day you and I will see them walking down streets of gold we will see them oh my we will see them so regardless of what the devil has told you the king still has one more move. I'm going to tell you, they couldn't stop him from leaving the earth. Read it in Acts. After 40 days of showing himself alive by many infallible proofs, being seen of men and speaking of the kingdom, he's standing. 500 are gathered around when gravity loses its hold. And he begins to ascend to the Father. And the angel says, this same Jesus that you see taken will come in like manner. Just about the time the devil thinks he has the world and the church in checkmate, there's going to be a trumpet sound according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. There's going to be a trumpet sound. And Jesus is going to appear in the eastern sky. And those that are here on this earth, according to 1 Corinthians 15, are going to rise. The graves, oh, they're singing a song now. I believe God birthed this song and rebirthed this song. It's an old song we used to sing in the church. And now they're singing again. Ain't no grave going to hold my body down. Ain't no grave gonna hold my body down when I hear that trumpet sound. I'm gonna get up out of that ground cause there ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, if we go by the way of the grave and they bury us and they have those pretty words over our body, they think that's the end. But you see, while they're having the memorial, we're over on the other side. Amen. We're getting ready to, Jude said we're going to saddle up on white horses and we're going to come back 10,000 and 10,000 and 10,000 and we're going to ride back with Jesus on the bridle of his horse is going to be holiness to the Lord and he's going to set up his kingdom on this earth for a thousand years and you and I are going to rule and reign with him. Why the king still has one more move. I said the king still has one more move. He's coming back. The devil would be bound for a thousand years. You ought to walk down here when I finish preaching. You ought to pick up one of these chess people. You ought to, pay, you ought to put it in your pocket. If you've got any doubt, in the next few days you ought to take it out and you say the king still has one more move. The devil tells you you're going under. You say the king still has one more move. The devil tells you you're going to die. You say the king still has one more move. The devil tells you you're going broke. The king still has one more move. You, oh, come on. You ought to get a hold of this. I said you ought to get. How many of you look back over your life? How many of you have been saved long enough to look back over your life? And the devil counted you out many times. I said he counted you out. You're not supposed to be here. The doctor said you couldn't be here. The devil's counting Joe out, but I don't believe it. I believe Joe's going to be back. Last time I was here, Joe played guitar with me. The last time I was here, Joe and I, amen, sung together. Joe's going to be back. My God. I said, Joe, the king still has one more move. Have I preached 30 minutes yet? 72-year-old man ain't got no business acting like this. That's what they tell me. 
You ought to go home, old man. Calm down. I can't calm down. Jesus reached down in a hospital room. The doctor covered me up with a sheet. Told my wife and my mother that I had expired. My third overdose of drugs. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to. I've been preaching the gospel, you know, for 45 years full time. I'm not even supposed to have a voice left, but I do. Come on. Amen. The devil counted me out many times. 37 years ago, a doctor gave me a year to live. I said, no, thank you, doc. I got more than that. See, the doctor didn't figure in the equation with Jesus. I was $1.2 million in debt trying to preach the gospel in little churches. Six months behind on my house payment. The banker counted me out. But Jesus, through supernatural miracles, got me out of debt in 12 months and I paid everybody every dime I owed them and the last 34 years lived debt free. But you see, if I hadn't known that Jesus, Brother Gary might have went in debt for this place. But you see, he listened to me. He said, believe God. Believe God. I was on the phone talking to a friend of mine one day about what Brother Gary's doing here. He said, well, I'll send 5000 tomorrow. Isn't that right? And he did. This man wrote 30-something books on prosperity, Brother John Avanzini. He's got seed in this building. Oh, Brother Gary, don't you know that there's been a couple people counted you out? Well, you can't operate in my building, and you can't operate in my church, and you can't, come on, they counted you out, but look here tonight. This place is full. I said, this place is full. The Spirit of God is here. I said, the Spirit of God is here. The devil is a liar. I said, the devil is a liar. The devil didn't figure the king still had one more move. Unless, unless you're one of the negative Nellies that thinks that Lonesome Road Ministries has gone as far as it can go, can I just rebuke you in love and tell you that you just need to sit and watch what God's going to do? This ministry is just now positioned where God can do something. You see, the, Brother Gary needed these screens. Oh, he could have went and Charged him, but he just believed God. And somebody came by and said, what do you need? <laughs> Amen. Think about it. I got to quit preaching. Preachers all over me. I got to quit preaching. And, and I'm going to tell you why I come every year. Number one, I believe in this man. Number two, I believe in this ministry. Can, can I tell you, I don't have to be here? Did you hear what I said? I don't have to be here. I didn't ask Brother Gary how much he could pay me to come. Matter of fact, I think the last two times I've been here, I just told you I don't need anything. Isn't that right? Now, what you got to understand, the magnificence of that. You know what they pay me to be on TV? I won't tell you because it make you mad. <laughs> if I told you what my offering was at the last place I was at, you'd get mad. I can tell you as much as your car cost. <laughs> Most of your cars. Because I saw them in the parking lot coming in. I'm not trying to impress you. I don't care. I really don't care if you like me or not. It's not the issue here. I don't care. God likes me. You see, and until you get delivered from people, God can't use you. I said, until you get delivered from people, God can't use you. That's why, that's why you, you're trying to please your relatives that don't even love God. Come on, you're trying to please your friends that don't even know God. You've got to please God. I'm here because I believe in Brother Gary. I'm here because I believe in this ministry. And I'm here because God sent me here. And I, 
I, I, he could certainly get someone else to come here and preach to this wonderful group of people. I love preaching here. I, I don't have a... My, my hair's wet. My clothes are soaking wet. I don't come up here and give you a little, you know, Reader's Digest condensed version. I'm passionate about what I do. You know. And, and, and that's why I'm here. And we come each year because... We love Brother Gary. We love God. We love this ministry. And, and I love you. I like seeing you. I like, you know, hugging your neck and taking pictures with you and, and uh, seeing Santa Claus. God bless you. Amen. <laughs> Don't forget me this year. Hallelujah. Oh, ho, ho. Yeah, amen. Glory to God. I just, no, just noticed Santa Claus was here. But, you know, uh, uh, I asked Brother Gary to give me 25 envelopes tonight. The printers for the CD ministry, the printers alone are $2,500. And we need two. I believe we ought to buy one tonight. Now, you were up shouting a moment ago about the coming of the Lord. But he's not coming after you with, your, with his money in your pocket. And I've got 25 envelopes. And if 24 of you would do what I'm going to do, just a $100 seed, just a $100 seed, if 24 of you, and you may be watching online, and you can participate in this. There's information on screen where you can participate right there where you are. If we did what we ought to do, we could buy both of them tonight and then just shout the rest of the, of the meeting. But I've got 25 of these. I'm going to take the first one. I wouldn't ask you to do anything I wouldn't do. Is there 24 people that love this ministry much as I do that say, let's buy that printer tonight if y'all needed a miracle y'all wouldn't sit there the woman with issue of blood didn't sit there and wait for Jesus to come by her don't make me have to walk back there if you want if you want more than one you want two if you want more than one you want how many two there's two right there See, y'all going to have to hurry. Y'all going to have to hurry to obey God here. Amen. Amen. If you need more than one, we'll get you. What's that now? Uh, no, I want you to take two because we're going to pray over every one of them. One more here. Amen. Now, come on, hurry, folks. Don't, don't, don't delay this thing here. Come here, baby. I'll, I'll come to you. If you can't come to me, I'll come to you. Where are you? Where are you? We need to buy this tonight. Here, Brother Mike, thank you so much. I've got uh, I've got four left. You want another one? Well, she handles the money, don't she? Oh, yeah. I'm married too. Huh? I've got three left. I've got three left. Don't miss God. Don't miss God. Come on. Here, here's one right here. Here's one right here. There's one more. There's one more. Oh, I didn't see you, honey. I'm sorry. Y'all going to sing for us tomorrow, aren't you? Y'all going to sing tomorrow? Oh, good. I like, I love that couple right there. They're precious. You got your envelope? Now, now get your offering ready. Where'd mine? Did I get, I didn't give mine away. No, here it is. Whew. Thought I was going to miss my blessing there, Brother Gary. Uh, I've raised over $1 billion for Christian television. And just within the last two months, we burnt the 91st church mortgage of the, that we raised the money and paid off 91 churches now that are debt-free. And uh, I, I asked the Lord recently, Brother Jim, I said, Lord, why did you choose me to do this? And he said, you wasn't my first choice. He said, there were two others that I tried to get to do it before you. 
and they wouldn't do it. So they haven't been blessed like I've been blessed. Come on. And if you're from the religious group that, that don't believe you ought to, you know, uh, what they use is this, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. That's because both of your hands stealing. <laughs> you see. And when Jesus took the offering, when Jesus took the offering, he did it out in the open because he said, many have given out of their abundance. And this woman has given all that she has. So he didn't do secret off offerings. That, that didn't cost you anything. I just threw that in right there for you. Amen. Because so, some religious folks think you ought to just, you know, pass the bucket. I'm not one of them. I stand up here all night, but I have to to get what we need. Come on. Because I want, not only want to meet the need, I want to get you blessed. If you sow, you... Okay, do I need to preach on this? I said, if you sow, if you sow a little, if you sow a... You reap a... Give and it... So y'all fell out after good measure. Come on. Come on. Shall men. See, once you sow a seed, you begin to attract the harvest. Once you sow a seed, you begin to attract the harvest. Amen. You got your seed ready? I'm believing. Which, which Is this the camera we're streaming on right here? All right. Uh, you that are watching uh, on your smart device. Don't miss this opportunity. God had you here for this moment because he's not finished with your finances. The king still has one more move. So take advantage of the information on your screen and be part of this. Amen? Thank you, Jim. Let me have a hat. Praise <laughs> God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Come on, help me here. Praise God. We're going to pray over this. We're not going to put this back on Jim's head. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, some of you say, well, you know, I can't give that much. Well, give what you have. I mean, give something. Everybody do something. Amen. Do you think that this building that we're in tonight just, just jumped up out of the ground? It was people doing stuff that, that brought this all about. God bless you, sir. Amen. God bless you. Amen. And whatever size offering you have, you know, give it and watch what God will do. Amen. Right over here. Thank you, brother. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Would you, can you get that for me there? Jim, you need a bigger head. <laughs> don't he? Don't he needs a bigger head, don't he? Amen. Come on, baby. I'll wait on you. I ain't in no hurry. I ain't in no hurry. Anybody else while I'm back here? Uh, get that mad money out now. You know where you got it hid. <laughs> Thank you, honey. God bless you. God bless you. How many of you know after we all go home, Brother Gary still got to pay the bills for this crusade? So we don't want him to have to lose sleep over it. We want to help. That's a black hat. I'm a good guy. I got a white hat. He's got a cross on it. That makes it good. Praise God. Anyone else? I'll come back to you. I'll, I'll wait on you. I'll come back to you. If you've got whatever to give, I'll come and, and wait on you. Amen. Pass that envelope down. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Anyone else? If you want to come up here before you leave and take one of these chess pieces just to remember, remind you that the king still has one more move. Why don't we just say that right now? The king still has one more move. One more time. The king still has one more move. You know, brother, after you did everything, Brother Mike, about your music and trying to get, you know, radio to play your music, God put it on my heart to help you. 
the king still had one more move. Brother Mike, he's not finished yet. He's not finished yet. He's still got some things for your music. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Do we have some place to put this where I can give Jim his hat back? He looks a lot better with it than he does without it. Would you stand with me real quick? Stand with me real quick. I'm going to get you out of here in just a moment. Uh, stretch your hand out. I'm going to put my hand. I believe every seed needs to pass through the anointing. And I know I'm anointed to do what I do. And so when I take this in my hand, you get ready because you're going to be blessed. The anointing that's up on me, that God's put up on me to do this, is, is, is going to get on you. And God's going to change things. Did you hear what Brother Gary said when I met with him five years ago and I told him, listen to me, and things have changed. Brother Gary, did they change? See, because he had connected with the anointing that's on me. And tonight you're connecting with the anointing that's not only on Brother Gary in this ministry, but the anointing that's up on me, a debt-free debt-canceling, supernatural, abundant anointing. Because before Jesus comes, he wants to get the wealth out of the hands of the devil into the hands of the believer so we can do good things for the, for the kingdom, for the, for the gospel. Not so we can, you know, be richer, but so that we can do things for the kingdom. Amen. Father, I hold this seed in my hand. I'm your anointed servant. And Lord, as I hold this anointed seed in my anointed hand, Lord, and as I, just in a moment, deposit it in the kingdom, we're believing, Lord, that every time a CD is printed on this printer, and every time a life is touched by that CD, that we're going to be blessed. Oh, did you hear what I said? Church, did you hear what I said? Every time a CD is printed on that printer and somebody's life is touched, God's going to bless us because we provided that printer. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Lord, bless this back to the hands of the giver 100-fold in the name of Jesus. Now, this seed leaves our hand and enters the kingdom. Praise God. And it's no longer a seed now it's metamorphosing into a harvest. Be seated. Two minutes. Brother Gary's coming. I need two minutes of your time. Two minutes of your time. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. God bless you, buddy. Hallelujah. Oh, Jim and I have been friends a long time. I love this man. I love his wife. He overmarried, really. She's a lot prettier than he is. You know, I don't ever take for granted that everybody I preach to is born again, that they know Jesus. You know, you can go to heaven sick, you can go to heaven broke, but you can't go to heaven lost. John 3, 3, Jesus said you must be born again. And you'll never be in a better place and there'll never be a better time than right now to be born again. And if you're watching us on your smart device, this is for you as well. Jesus died so you could be saved. The cross says it all. The cross said he loves us. And I'm going to ask you, see, I preached all over the world. So I was in Central America, and the crowd was so big, you couldn't see the back of the crowd. It just faded into the night. 20,000 people that night accepted Jesus. 20,000 came to Christ. 20,000 came to Christ. Not one of them came to the altar because there wasn't room. But you know, I prayed for them right where they were and 20,000 confessed Jesus as their, as their Lord. Last year, our television uh, outreach on Inspiration Television Network we registered. That means they either called, emailed, or text 3.2 million born again through television. 3.2 million. 
So, before Brother Gary comes, I, want, I don't give secret altar calls. One day you're going to look at Jesus just like you're looking at me. And the only thing that's going to count on that moment is I've been born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. If you're listening to this message on CD, that goes for you, sir. That goes for you, ma'am. Whether you're in your car or your truck, whether you're listening at home or in the bar, this goes for you. You must be born again. And so just by an uplifted hand, up and back down, Brother Payne, I'm not where I need to be with Jesus. I need you to pray for me because things aren't like they need to be. Is there anyone in this section here? Brother Payne, that's me. Please pray for me. Just slip your hand up back down. I'll see it. I'll see it. God will see it. This section here, anyone here? Brother Payne, I'm not where I need to be with God. Up and back down. Well, I rejoice that we've got a saved crowd. But I tell you, in 10 miles of this church, there are thousands, hundreds and thousands going to hell without Jesus. We need to pray harder. We need to work harder. We've got to get the harvest in. Amen. Father, every one of us have loved ones that don't know you. Every one of us has friends that don't know you. Lord, let this crusade stir up the fire of God inside of us. Lord, we're all you have to reach them. Lord, the angels can't reach them. But Lord, we're all you have. Stir us up, Lord. Thank you for Brother Gary, the thousands, thousands of CDs he's run off, Lord. The thousands of CDs he's sent out. All the chaplains, Lord. Thank you for all of them, Lord, that have got into the cab of a truck through that CD and preached the gospel to that truck driver. Lord, I thank you for what's being done through this ministry. And I thank you for letting me be part of it. Now, I bless you tonight, Lord. And I pray that everyone here, Lord, will come tomorrow. And Lord, we'll dedicate this building and the power of God will fill this building. In Jesus' name. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout with a voice of triumph. Let's give Brother Gary and Miss Linda and all the workers a real good hand tonight. Come on. All the people that cook the food, all the people that serve the food. God bless you, Brother Gary. We love y'all. Come tonight and dismiss us. Come on. Clap your hands. Come on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, friends, we told you that this was a powerful, powerful message. And I know that each and every one of you had to make a decision today. You may have been saved for a long, long time. You may have never been saved. You may not be sure if you're saved. But did you raise your hand when James Payne asked you to raise your hand? Are you away from God? Would you like to get closer to God than you've ever been? It's as simple as saying a little prayer, asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart, Asking Jesus Christ to fire you back up like you was when you first got saved. Whatever the situation is with you right now, we want to pray with you. All you got to do is pray a simple little prayer. It can be as simple as, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Lord, I want to do more. I want to be everything that you've called me to be. Take out my stony heart and give me a brand new heart. I will live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name. At the crossroads of life, lost without hope, 18 wheels of lonesome. The end of the road In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past Hey drivers, we appreciate you letting us ride along with you 
in the cab. And you can contact us at 618-383-2107 or you can log on to our website at lonesomeroad.org and check us out on the web. You can listen to all of our radio programs on our website on our broadcast from the past page. So check it out. And if you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, then give us a call and let us know. Broken hearted and lonesome, so long I've been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree.